Hi, this is Miss Sheila, spiritual advisor. If you're ever in Killen, Alabama, on Highway 72, just look for the purple trailer. We do spiritual advising, fortune telling, and spell casting. We sell crystals, candles, tarot cards, and occult books. We also have expanded our line to offering vape products and sex toys. Right next to Margaret's Halfway House and Snoopy's Tobacco Outlet. Don't wait. Know your future today. This is the Basket Spotted Podcast with Victoria Vandenberg. She's a transgender woman that lives in rural Alabama, and she wants to tell you about her boring life every week. She's going to record a podcast on Sundays, and you're going to sit and listen, because you don't have a fucking life either. You're a goddamn loser. So just tune in and listen every Sunday to Biscuits Buttered or Victoria Vandenberg. All right. Uh, It's been a very um, hectic weekend. Uh, I've experienced a lot of humanity this weekend, and um, I would rather not uh, be around humanity. I don't like people. I don't like being around large groups of people. And I was around plenty <laughs> this this weekend, so I kind of had to hit the ground running. It was a horrible week at work. It was super busy. Uh, the economy's supposed to be bad, but uh, apparently um, nobody got the the memo that the economy's supposed to be in the tanker because people are buying. <laughs> people are buying. People are are uh, really. Uh, out and about and it is hectic at work and um so this this uh sorry if i don't sound like myself i've just been running around a great deal this weekend and i had to go to a funeral i went house shopping uh which is always uh great um and uh, i guess i'll talk about the house shopping first because i just i don't understand I don't understand the economy and how everything's working now and how it's different than it used to be. So let let me, I guess I'll just start from the beginning of what I know about buying houses and how much different it is now. So when, let me take a sip out of my Fanny Farkle's uh, souvenir mug. Um, mm. Diet sun-kissed on the rocks. It's wonderful. I know y'all love to hear me drink from that. Um, so anyway, I, I guess I'll start from the beginning. We'll just talk about houses and buying a house. We're going to talk about buying a house. So back in 2010, I bought a fucking house, okay? And it was in, we're just going to say South Alabama, which is, uh, you know, if you ever come to Alabama... Um, don't, don't, just don't go below Birmingham. (laughs) There's nothing, nothing good's going to happen below Birmingham. But if you want to live for cheap, if you want to live for like super, super cheap, like anybody, no matter how poor you are, you could actually have a house in South Alabama because it's that cheap. So, because nobody wants to live there. You're out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, Okay, well anyway, this is back when I used to live in South Alabama, and I bought a house for $48,000, okay? And this was in an area that was, you know, developed, but not like it's grown a lot since then. So I bought this house for 48000 smackaroos, all right? $48,000. Dollars, U.S. dollars. That's cheap as fuck for a house. There was nothing wrong with it. It was just a house that was built in 1950. Wood floors. Everything was original. I mean, you go in, it looks like a 1950s craftsman home. And it was, I loved it. It was a wonderful, wonderful home. The only problem was is I had a shitty job down there. So I eventually left the area. But... The home was wonderful. I had like a fenced-in backyard, privacy fence, you know, 
had a shed, you know, it was a two bedroom, one bathroom, and it was a nice house. Okay. And I bought it for $48,000. And because I hated my job, I just wanted to get away from that area. And I just left and I was really struggling financially and I lost that house and it went back to the bank and, uh, somebody eventually bought it. Well, now that house that I bought in 2010, that's 12 years ago, is uh, tripled in value. It has tripled in value. And that area has really built up. There's all kinds of stuff around it. And it's just, it really hurts. It hurts. Because I would have already had that house paid off. And it's worth triple what it was. And it's in a great area now because there's like, they built movie theaters and like shopping and all this stuff around it. And it's just, it's such a nice area now. And I kind of feel bad about, I wish I would have just stayed. (laughs) I wish I would have just stayed now because now trying to get a house is so horrible because everything is, so expensive. So, okay. So I went shopping for a house. I'm not going to say where it's in a town, uh, near Huntsville, Alabama. So I went to, um, look at these houses. One of the houses didn't even exist. It was on Zillow and it didn't even exist. I went to the address and it had been tore down, but they had pictures of it on Zillow. And I'm like, what kind of fucking scam is this shit? And uh, so then I'm like, okay. So I call the realtor and I'm like, surely I'm on the wrong street. And she's like, no, you're on the right street. It's there. It's there. You're just on there. You're just doing something wrong. You know, I'm like, oh, fuck you, bitch. You know? So I then go and I look at three other houses that are on Zillow one of them they want, and this is in a very impoverished area. This is in a very poor area that I was, because that's all I can afford. I don't, I don't make much money. And so I went and looked at this one house, and literally there's an abandoned house falling in right next to it. The home itself had like shingles that were falling off, and the wood up underneath it was rotten, and they were wanting $100,000. And I'm just like, how can, how can you even get a loan on this? There's no way. The lady was like, I can get a loan on anything. And I'm like, you can't get a loan on a fallen in house for a hundred thousand dollars. And anyway, I had to look around and I eventually found one house that is kind of like the house I used to have in South Alabama. It's, it's old, it's dated. It was built back in the forties, but everything's functional because it's been kept up. And, uh, and they want a hundred thousand dollars for this house. And, uh, I don't really, I don't even know if it's a good idea, but it is 20 minutes from my work, which is great because I can't afford a house where my work is because it's just, you have all these fucking military contractors and just rich fucks there and they're all moving in and it's rapidly expanding and, there's just no way I can afford a house because they're all like $500,000 houses. So I have to live in this shitty little town where all the poor people live because uh, that's the America we live in now. (laughs) You know, even a good, uh, what people think of as a good job really isn't a good job because it just doesn't pay the wages you need to get by in life. So I went and looked at this house and she's telling me that it can't go FHA, that it has to go conventional loan and that she has some kind of like no down payment, which sounded good for me, no down payment option. And um, I I really want this house is just according to what the payment's going to be because now the interest rate is so high because she told me, you know, like last year you couldn't find it, keep a house on the market. But now because of the high interest rates, nobody's wanting to buy a house. So I'm now having to buy a house in an inflated market. And on top of that, I have a high interest rate. (laughs) So no telling what the payment would end up being by the end of it. So I don't even know if I can afford this shitty little house in the ghetto. That that's the world we're living in now. 
And um, I really think the government should do so. I really think the government should be going out and building, not not like low-income housing that you rent. No, I, I think they should be building low-income housing that you can buy, that you can be the owner of. That way people have a stake in it and they'll take care of it. And that's what I think because it's just, it's getting out of control because I supposedly have a good job, but I can't afford a house. And uh, that's something I've always wanted. So I went and I finally settled on this house that I'm looking at. And uh, she told me that hopefully I'll know something in a day about whether I'm approved for it or not, or what kind of options will be available to me. I got a local bank and went through them to see what they say. And we'll, um, we'll just find out whether I can actually move near my work. Cause I lately, if y'all don't know, I drive an hour and a half to my work. So, and I know y'all probably don't want to hear all this shit, but basically it ends up making my day like a 12 hour day. Even though I work an eight hour shift, I'm, I leave my house at 11 in the morning. I get back at 1120 at night. So it's just miserable. And uh, you know, it, it makes things cheaper on me because all I got to do is, you know, buy gas instead of rent, but I'd rather have my own place and, you know, be an independent adult. <laughs> so we're going to see if I can get this shack, uh, in a disreputed part of Alabama, <laughs> but it's just crazy that I'm buying a house that I'm trying to buy a house that is. Uh, worse than the house that I had in South Alabama uh, for like twice the money. <laughs> so I was really lucky. I didn't realize how lucky I was a decade ago when I had that house and I should have really held on to it um, because it was a cute little house. And uh, I do, I do miss it. I do miss it. <laughs> So, but the great thing about the, if I was able to get this house, I would be able to like ride my bike downtown and I'd be able, it's in a pretty good, it's in a poor location. Uh, a lot of people call it, you know, like dangerous. I don't think it's dangerous. I just think it's poor. And I'd be able to ride my bike downtown and go walking and, you know, be near restaurants and shopping and stuff like that. So it would be a definite improvement in my life because I'm currently living in a, you know, I should hold down. <laughs> That's an hour and a half from my work. So maybe, maybe I will be moving. I told y'all I've been trying to transfer. I have not heard anything on that. And I don't know. I'm having cold feet now because I think I would miss my friend Bert's Chili. I think I'd miss him. And I think I'd miss my family. And uh, just, I don't know if it would work out. I just don't know if it would work out. So I'm getting a little cold feet on that and maybe maybe I should spend a couple more years where I'm working instead of trying to transfer out. Um, let's see, what are we what are we going through here? Yeah, so that, that's basically it. The other house that I looked at, and I don't know if I told y'all this, they want $100,000 for it. The house right next to it is um, falling in. And then it's like rotten, like the siding's rotten, the wood underneath's rotten. It's fucked up, dude. And then I went to the other one, which she said would qualify for an FHA loan. And when I went over to that one, a black guy waved at me saying no. He was waving like, you know how they do the like, no, like trying to wave you off. And I'm like, dude, this, this isn't. This neighborhood ain't that bad. You know, he was acting like we were in fucking Memphis or something. You know, I'm like, nah, man. <laughs> it's like uh, my grandmother and my mom were from bad parts of Birmingham. And uh, this place does not scare me <laughs> at all. You know, and I go to Memphis regularly. And so I, I don't I, I don't scare easy because I'm the creepy white guy in the neighborhood everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm the Jeffrey Dahmer of the neighborhood. No one's going to mess with me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's basically, I guess, all I want to talk about on the, the house shopping. It's just so fucking annoying. It's so fucking annoying that in this country now, you can be someone gainfully employed, working over 40 hours a week as a truck driver, 
which is a good paying job supposedly, and not be able to afford a shack, a fucking shack in the ghetto. <laughs> that's that's the um, world we live in. So the other thing uh, that happened uh, this weekend is about a month ago, I had a relative pass away. And uh, we had to go uh, to her funeral. And uh, that's what I was talking about earlier when I said I got a big dose of humanity. (laughs) Because we went, I don't like going to churches, okay? I don't like going to churches. And we were so confused because she died a month ago. And they wouldn't tell us anything about the funeral. And we're like, well, surely you've buried her. Surely you've buried her. And they, you know, they wouldn't tell us anything. We're like, okay. It's like, what do they do? They got her on ice somewhere? They got her on ice in the fucking bathtub until they can bury her? I mean, what the hell's going on here? So we go down, um, and it's at this church uh, in Birmingham. And, you know, all my cousins and, you know, just... They're just an eclectic mix of people. You know, some of them are from New Jersey. Some of them are doing the van life. Some of them are, uh, and the one doing the van life, I guess, I don't know, for some reason he was acting like he didn't want to talk to me. So I'm like, eh, fuck this guy. Um, and, um, you know, they're just an eclectic group of people, Trumpers and Trumpers and liberals and everything else all mixed together. <laughs> it doesn't mix good. Well, anyway, you know, we had to go in there and, you know, they're singing the hymns and praising Jesus and giving little, uh, this, this rant might start sounding pretty bad, but I'm going to go on forward anyway. And, you know, people, uh, got up there and started talking about my deceased relative. And I realized that ever, there's a whole lot of people that loved her. And they kept telling me how she would go out of the way for every single person in her church and everybody who knew her, like how she would just be so selfless and do anything she could for anybody. And um, I realized, well, she wasn't that way with me. She wasn't close to me. And I was her fucking family member. I mean, she never did anything for me. She never did anything with me. You know, she just was always mad about something and running around being pissed off about stuff. And I'm like, like, who are they talking about? And uh, this happens a lot in the South. You know, if, if you grow up in the South, there are certain types of people who will literally engage with their church and the people in the community more than they do their own family. They will go out and put on this show where they're they're just wonderful to everybody else but their actual family. <laughs> and that's exactly what this is. I mean, she was, you know, and it just is just shocking, you know, uh, because that was not my experience with her. And everybody's talking about how selfless she was. And I'm like, I don't know about that. Um, but... So, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, I was closer to uh, my other aunts. And uh, this one, I'm just like, I don't know about her because she was just always a headache for me. So, you know, I went out of respect for her and her family. But I just realized, like, I wasn't that close to her during the funeral. I wasn't that close to her at all. And um, it it really sucks that they're that type of people that are just like showy with everyone else and then treat their family like shit. And I want to be the opposite of that. I want to treat my family really good and take care of myself and my family. And then, and then tell everybody else to fuck off. You know, charity starts at home. Charity starts at home. Take care of you and your people. This is my rule of the week. (laughs) This is Victoria Vonnenberg's rule of the week. Charity starts at home. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself and your people. Fuck everyone else. Take care of your people. All right? That's the rule of the week, and that's what I learned from this funeral.
Well, anyway, the, it gets kind of more fucked up. The story gets a little more fucked up because we find out she had a husband that uh, passed away like back in the 80s, in the early 80s. And uh, her son wouldn't even pay for the funeral. Like he wouldn't even pay for her fucking funeral to be buried where her husband was buried. And they tried to say that they couldn't bury her over there because of the crime. And we're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? That hasn't, there's, people don't rob graves nowadays. There's no, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, but they buried her out in the country somewhere, I guess, because it was cheaper. And so she's not even resting with her husband, uh, resting beside her husband, which I think is just asinine and stupid. And, and it's like, you know, even though I wasn't very close to her, I'm like, this person worked her whole life. You know, she, she had a hard life too, a lot of tragedy. And, um, she can't even get buried by her husband because her family's too fucking cheap to bury her where she needs to be buried. Uh, it's insane. It's fucking insane. But, uh, you know, I wasn't her kid, so I'm not paying for that shit. <laughs> um, all right. But yeah. So while we were there, you know, afterwards, you know, we went and, um, Ate at Jim and Nick's, which was really good. They got those really good um, rolls, and uh, we had pretty good barbecue. Uh, pretty good, pretty, pretty. I'm gonna go Larry David on you. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's <laughs> my Larry David impression. Okay, uh, and then we went, you know, shopping in Birmingham, but we didn't get to do much. Of course, we went to Bucky's, Bucky's in Leeds, and uh, I bought uh, a bunch of beer. Uh, and, uh, some roasted nuts. I love roasted nuts. Victoria is a huge fan of roasted nuts. So I ate those and, uh, literally spent the whole morning shitting myself because I ate too much. <laughs> so I had that going for me. <laughs> um, we, um, I do have some restaurant reviews. So I've been going around lately. So uh, I just talked about Jim and Nick's. Jim and Nick's is a good barbecue place in Alabama. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best barbecue place in Alabama, but it's a good barbecue place in Alabama. They have good sauces. They have good barbecue. Most of all, they have good catfish. Um, perfect sweet tea. Perfect everything. I really suggest if you're ever in Alabama, go to Jim and Nick's. They got locations all over the state, so doesn't matter where you're at, you can go to Jim and Nick's. <laughs> That's my review for that one, anyway. Uh, the other place they just opened up a mug shots in Florence, Alabama, uh, where the Fred's location used to be on the corner, uh, across from the Subway and across from uh, 306 Barbecue and Troll Bridges, uh, right by Flobama. You know. Um, I love this place. I love this place because it's kind of like it reminds me if if like if you had a Buffalo Wild Wings, but instead of wings, you focused on burgers because you go in. They re renovated this old building in downtown Florence, and you go in and there's like um, like TV screens everywhere. It's kind of like a sports bar, I guess. And uh, they have all these kind of crazy burgers. And I ordered a Southern burger, which was on a huge yeast roll with pimento and cheese and bacon uh, with onion rings. And it was fucking delicious. I mean, it was really, really good. And I'm so happy that we have a good addition to downtown Florence as far as dining options goes. That's a fucking great place. So if you ever get the chance... I highly suggest mugshots. Now that's a chain too. I have ate there before at other places, but I forgot most about it. But I'm gonna be hitting up this place a lot. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So today I was um uh in Decatur. I was in Decatur, Alabama, and I went to Canton House, uh, which is a Chinese food restaurant. I've never even heard of it. I was just driving through there and I was like, what's that place? And it's over there near the Mike's merchandise. And I dropped in there, and uh, it's just a buffet, just just your basic Chinese buffet. 
and it was good, but um, I don't know, it filled up quick. I think they put a what whatever it is that makes you fill up quick in it. Is it MSG? Because I mean, I, after two plates, I was full. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was really good, uh, despite the looks of the building. It was really good. <laughs> but you go in. One, one great thing about it is you go in, and it's like 1970s Chinese restaurant. You know, like that's the look of it. I mean, you feel like you're in a 70s movie. So uh, that that's one cool thing about it. So if you're ever in Decatur, go to Canton House, um, Canton House uh, Chinese Restaurant. Uh, we also have, uh, oh, I forgot to say, uh, I was so bored. And this was last Sunday, I believe. And I hope I didn't talk about it on the podcast last Sunday. I just, I was so bored last Sunday. I've been kind of down. It always happens. During the winter, I get kind of like the seasonal, I guess, depression because my body, I think, is used to getting lots of vitamin D. Like during the summer, I stay pink because I'm always out in the sun getting toasted. <laughs> even with like sun, you know, even with a hundred SPF sunblock, I'm getting toasted. And then, you know, once the sun goes down and I'm not getting as much vitamin D, I guess it affects me. So I get kind of run down. So I was feeling weird, so I just walked around downtown Florence, and they got all these new weird places. Like there's a place called the Lava Room now, and there's all these weird different things downtown. And um, I just walked around, took pictures, and and I found this neat little alley. It's called Graffiti Alley, and there's all kinds of cool uh, – they have the Scrooge McDuck and – uh, they have Betty White and they have all this cool graffiti all up and down this alley. And it's just a really neat place to uh, go and look around uh, if you're ever in Florence. Because I, I like to stay on the move. So th- when, when you listen to this podcast, I'm going to be just talking about things that I went and saw. I went here. I did this. I saw this. And then I went there. I ate that. And then I like it. And then I report that I like it. This, this podcast is what this is about. Is just some guy that doesn't have a life, so he just reports on the shit that he goes and does. Ugh. Okay, enough of that. <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> um, all right. So, what all? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So we went to uh, Birmingham the other day, and. Uh, went to that funeral and I think I've covered everything to do with that funeral, but on the way back, I had a special treat because uh, I was in a family member's car and they drive a premium vehicle. Very, you know, we're rolling. We're thriving in my family. We are thriving. And, uh, they have televisions in their SUV. So we got to watch, Ernest Goes to Camp, which was my favorite childhood movie. And um, I think if you haven't seen Ernest Goes to Camp, it's Jim Varney. He is a a national treasure. I don't know why we don't praise him more. I think I'm going to go get a tattoo of Jim Jim Varney, like erotically posing on my arm. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, it was great to be able to watch Ernest Goes to Camp because when I was a kid, uh, there was uh, a video rental place, and I, I swear to God, every time I went in there, I rented this movie, and I just watch it ten times a week. And um, they were so—I didn't realize, you know, rewatching it was a different experience as an adult. Because when I was a kid, I just thought it was a funny movie, and when I rewatched it, I'm like, damn, they sure are mean to Ernest. I mean, they beat the shit out of everybody's mean to Ernest. Everybody underestimates Ernest. They're mean to him. They beat him up. They you know, if he hurts himself, they're like, oh, well, <laughs> no, nobody's hurt here. It's like, does Ernest not count as a fucking person? Damn. I mean, these people, these people are mean to this dude. Like, yeah, he's got some social issues, but fuck, he's a human. Jim Varney's a person. Okay, so one thing I noticed, there's a racist trope in the movie. So I was watching it and... um there's a little black kid in the movie who's Ernest, Ernest's best friend. And uh, he's the only person in the movie that can't swim. So the one black kid is the only person in the movie that can't swim. 
which I was like, that's a racist trope, ain't it? Because, you know, there's all those rumors about how black people don't swim. But, um, yeah, just wanted to point that out. No, I don't, I don't really even want to add any context to that. I just noticed it. What's your opinion? You can always hit me up on social media. Hit me up on uh, Biscuits Buttered uh, Facebook page. Hit me up on Twitter at BiscBudPod. Uh, hit me up uh, on uh, BiscuitsButtered at Proton.me and tell me what you think. Was that their intention? <laughs> uh, another thing, um, and I think this guy was on, um, I think this guy was on, um, uh, what, what was that show? Uh, I can't even remember the show. It's well, Anyway, the chefs in this are so funny. And Ernest goes to camp. They're always creating these crazy recipes and they've got this little machine that they can shoot food out of. And, uh, I forgot how funny that shit is, um, uh, from those chefs. And the bad guy in the movie is like the Dean from uh, animal house. You know, that guy is always a bad guy in movies and he's got that great voice. So he always looks like a bad guy. <laughs> and it's got him in it. And he's like, he tricks an old native American man into, um, signing over the rights to the land that camp kick a key is on. And, uh, at the end, there is a great battle, a great battle. I'm going to call it the battle of camp kick a key and Ernest and his followers are able to defeat the fucking um, mining, the little, the, all the miners that are coming into town to destroy their camp. And uh, they use everything in their possession, lots of gas and all kinds of things. They blow up shit. I mean, it, it got pretty violent. And I, I think that there needs to be a special page in the history books for the Battle of Camp Kickakee. Um, all right, man. The whole show is just going to be going, uh, <laughs> that's going to be the whole show. Uh, that's going to be me, my transition. Uh. <laughs> oh man, Diet Sunkist. And my, and my souvenir, Fanny Farkles cup. <laughs> All right. So there's been something getting on my nerves. And I think I've talked about this on a previous podcast. All right. Um, do you ever watch the news? Do you ever feel like the people who do the news are just fucking like repetitive as shit and just obsessed over one human being on the planet? There's so much going on in the world right now. <laughs> yeah. There's the Ukraine, there's uh, Qatar, there's all the crazy shit going on all over the world. You know, there's rumors that China is going to invade Taiwan. And, you know, the other day I heard that Russia had a, had a plans to invade Japan. Like what the fuck? There's lots of stuff going on in the world, but you wouldn't know that if you turn on nightly news, <laughs> you would not know that if you turn on MSNBC and you, go to Lawrence O'Donnell. The only thing going on in the world is Donald J. Trump. That is the only goddamn thing they think is going on in the world. Every week, tune in, because Trump's in trouble. Oh, he really stepped in at this time. Oh, the the vice is really tightening now. Oh, he's, they, they got him. Oh, now that they got this special prosecutor, they're really going to get Trump. This is shit we've been hearing for eight years. Every week, every day. Oh, they got him. They got Trump. Oh, it's the end of there. He's, they, blah, 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 blah. You know, and I'm sitting here like, Lawrence O'Donnell, you literally get off on talking about Donald Trump. Your ratings are based on Donald Trump. You literally need to send the fucker royalty checks because you're such an asshole and you spend a whole hour of your program covering him. There's other things going on in the world. And I go out and I talk to Democrats, right? I talk to these people. 
and they're they're in a fucking cult. Now I, I'm not look. I'm not excusing how crazy the, Repu- the the Republicans are fucking insane, and I'm not trying to do a false equivalency. Republicans are much worse, but Democrats are are getting there. They're they're so brain dead because every time you say anything, you cannot criticize. Biden at all because everything's about Trump. Everything's about all the things. Like, look, you you've got to be able to criticize your own party and try to make things better in your own party without having to hear about how bad the other side is. It's just it's so stupid and mind numbing, and you know it's just like this week. Biden is supposed to be the most pro labor president in history. He goes around bragging about it all the time. Well, guess what he's doing now? He's shutting down a rail strike. And just me as a union worker, uh, I'm not voting for Biden. I don't care who runs against him in 2024. He has lost my vote. I'm not voting for him. There's lines that I've drawn, and I don't care if Adolf Hitler comes out of his bunker in Argentina and tries to ascend to the presidency in 2024, I swear to God, I will sit it out and not vote for Joe Biden because this man is a traitor to working people. Uh, all, all the rail workers want is some sick leave because they work them like dogs. They never get to see their family. They're always on the road. And all they want is some goddamn sick days, which I, at my job, I, I have 14 sick days a year paid sick days and I do my job's not nearly as burdensome as their job (laughs) and Biden's like just went ahead took the side of uh, the companies and just said fuck y'all rail workers fuck y'all we're we're, me and Nancy Pelosi are going to make sure that y'all can't strike and now it's in Congress and they're trying to uh, pass a bill in Congress so that they can't strike because they're saying it would be too bad for the economy. Look, nobody wants there to be a prolonged rail strike, but that's their leverage. You know, you're taking away their leverage when you're saying that they can't strike. So how are they going to get their sick leave if they can't have that ability to say, Hey, we're going to strike. And yeah, it's going to have huge consequences. You know, no one wants a prolonged rail strike, but you also can't take away their leverage and work for the damn railroad companies instead of working men and women. And Joe Biden has just lost me on this. He's just absolutely lost me on this. And this is another thing. And I'm going to get a little conspiratorial here. Okay. So just, just bear with me. I'm going to get a little conspiratorial. Um, they also passed a bill codifying gay marriage into law at the same time as they are breaking up this rail strike. I can't help but notice that, that timing, because they're sending this little, sending this little candy over to, you know, I'm a member of the LGBTQ community. Plus, you know, now it's like LGBTQ plus blah, 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 blah. I can't even keep up with it. They did this purposely. They timed it for this week because they knew they were going to break up this strike. They're shiving working class people and going, yeah, but we passed gay marriage. So all week, all I've heard from Democrats is, oh, we just got gay marriage. They're not, they're not worried about these rail workers at all. All they're worried about is they codified gay marriage into law. I'm sorry, but gay marriage is already the law of the land. It's been ruled on by the Supreme Court. Passing a law, codifying it, while it might need to be done because it might eventually get overturned by this conservative Supreme Court, it hadn't been yet. I would say these rail workers are way more important. This affects their lives 
And they're trying to distract from the rail workers with this gay marriage stuff because they know that their base is just so brainwashed into not thinking. You know, if you can just do some culture war shit and say, hey, look how good we are to the gays. Look how good we are to the transgender people. And then not help people who are struggling. You know, to me, I get a little conspiratorial with this because that seems like what they're doing. The minimum wage is seven twenty-five. It was seven twenty-five like twenty years ago when I was delivering pizzas. You know, they they currently still have uh, that asshole running as postmaster general, and they're about to start shutting down post offices and all kinds of stuff all over the country. He hadn't ever gotten rid of him. And they haven't done anything for anyone uh, as far as working class people go. And they wonder why, you know, poor people don't want to vote for them. I'm like, well, well, maybe you need to like actually spend your time talking about these issues and doing stuff for people. You know, we need a public option health insurance. We need something to cut the costs of um, prescription drugs. You know, there are huge things that need to be done in this country. We need to be investing in our infrastructure. We need to, you know, there's so much that we're just behind on that would help people. But you don't see them doing that. No, they're doing the bidding of the business community and corporations and they're using these cultural, because they've realized they can do it too. They can do the other side of the coin. See, Republicans do this, only they're against it. But Democrats are doing it going, hey, look how good we are to the gays over here. You, you might have to work for wages that you can't get by on, but look how good we are to the gays. <laughs> you know, it's like, I hate to get a little conspiratorial with that, but that's the way it feels to me. Um. Okay, we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, we'll get on to the more pressing issues, and I, I probably shouldn't even I probably shouldn't even go here, but we're gonna go here. It's got to be said. I'm about to talk about a controversial person. Uh, this woman is very controversial because she um, licked a donut. She licked a donut once. She didn't buy the donut. She just licked it. So, um, she's a Nazi. Uh, anyway, what is Ariana Grande? Don't cringe too much. <laughs> what is Ariana Grande? <laughs> I mean, um, I looked this up. I thought Ari- Ariana Grande was a Latino girl. And, um, but then one day I was looking at a magazine. I'm like, well, she looks like a black girl in this magazine. And I was like, well, I got to look this up. And I did not know that Ariana Grande, first off, that's a fake name. And, uh, she basically, she's a white girl. She's a white girl. And she dyes, or not dyes her skin, but she, uh, you know, uses tanner and all these different things to make herself appear as a Latino and uh, she changed her name like that. And I always thought she was a person of color, but she's actually a, just a white girl. And I'm like, nobody, nobody, nobody's saying nothing about her. <laughs> like, well, you know, what, what, uh, can I do that? <laughs> can Victoria Vandenberg uh, put on spray on Tanner and pretend to be Latino? I guess so. I pretend to be a woman all the time. (laughs) Uh, But if you have an answer to that, hit me up on Podvine or hit me up on Facebook at Biscuits Buttered. I got a profile on there. And then I also have a Biscuit Biscuit Butt Pod on Twitter. Uh, No one ever talks to me on Twitter. Um, I'd love for someone to talk to me. Twitter. I, I tweet out at people to try to get attention and everyone's like, ah, fuck, fuck, fuck her. Um, and then, uh, of course, you can always email me at uh, biscuitsbuttered at proton.me. All right. Sorry about all this, the 
squealing noises today. I'm just, it's been one of those days where you just got to uh, do annoying shit in the, uh, into the microphone. So, uh, Kanye, man, Kanye, um, Kanye, <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> where, where, where do you begin with Kanye? Um, he, uh, apparently went on Alex Jones and was saying he loves Nazis. Um, that's insane, man. Uh, Kanye is, uh, is it Tyrone Biggums that character Dave Chappelle does? That's like the black clan member. <laughs> so Kanye loves Nazis now and, uh, he's proudly proclaiming it. And, um, I don't know why the media can't just, cause this is another thing about this week is there's been so much stuff going on. That's very, very important that the news media needs to cover, but you know who they're covering? Kanye. <laughs> cause this is like, this guy has no power at all. Uh, he, and he's got mental health issues and, and yes, I think that should be part of the discussion when we're talking about Kanye. He has mental health issues. Uh, I, don't like what he's saying. I think he's got horrible views about Jewish people, and uh, he obviously loves Nazis now. Um, but we still have to put it in the context like, hey, this person needs help. And, you know, Kanye's always been a weird dude. He's always said weird shit. And as I've been trying to tell everybody, look, give it time. A year from now, he'll be into something else weird. He'll be like a Scientologist or something. I don't know. He'll move on to something. You know, he'll fucking get into Christian science or something. I don't know. But um, I just, I, it just it surprises me how much people want to talk about this to ignore all like the important issues, like the economy. And that our economy is like kind of a joke. So, you know, Jerome Powell's been raising the interest rate and, you know, the stocks will like react and the stocks will keep going down and going down and going down. And then Jerome Powell announces the other day, well, we're going to uh, like start raising the interest rate slower. We're going to slow it down a little bit because we think we've done our, we think we got it under control. And everyone's like, and now all of a sudden the stocks are soaring. I'm like, what the fuck? So now the stocks are soaring. I mean, it's just all like how people feel. <laughs> you know, that's the reason I'm like, I fucking hate our economy because it's just, it's all feelings based. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's what we've been dealing with all week. Uh, it's kind of fucked up that, uh, people just cling to everything this fucking asshole says and everything else is based off of, uh, what this, uh, cocksucker says. Um, I'm hoping to have a productive month. So next week I'm going to go do some Christmas shopping uh, there are some comedy shows I want to see. There, there's no good music coming around, so I'm, I don't plan on. Well, actually, I don't plan on going to a concert until May, because Shaky Knees released their lineup. They got like Peaches and Mars Volta and all these different fucking great old oh, Muse and Tenacious D, the motherfucking D. You got to go see the motherfucking D. So I will be probably going to Shaky Knees, hopefully. Uh, but I did find out that Earthquake, the famous, famous comedian, kind of a legendary comedian. He isn't like huge. Doesn't He's not like a huge name, but he's just been around so long that he's a legend. He's going to be at the Stardome in Birmingham. And I thought about going and seeing him. But then in February, Miss Pat is going to be at the Stardome. And I'm hoping to uh, see her because she's fucking hilarious. Fucking love her. Then uh, I was just looking at these dates the other day about different stuff going on. Neil Brennan, uh, you know, I told y'all, I think I talked about his new special last week, which is pretty good. So we got a lot of good comedians coming. Neil Brennan, Mark Norman, Lavelle Crawford, Duncan Trussell. Uh, in May, we're going to have Anthony Jesselneck at Stand Up Live in Huntsville. And uh, Jeffrey Ross canceled his shit, and he's coming back in June. So I don't know why he fucking... You know, how do you cancel on us, man? Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, that's all I have to say about that, goddammit. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's been a weird week and, uh, I uh, didn't really have uh, much planned this week. So, uh, I will probably, uh, end the podcast short. Uh, please, please tell your friends about the podcast. Please tell them about how shitty my life is and how they need to listen to my shitty life here with Victoria Vandenberg in a small, a trans woman in a small town in Alabama. And, um, I want everyone to listen. I want us to have a huge following. I definitely want us to have a huge, we already have a huge overseas following for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, but when I look on the RSS feed, we have, uh, as far as people listening, like there's a place called Ashburn. I don't know. Is it Ohio, Virginia, Washington? Where is it? Where are you listening from? You know, who are these people? I have regular listeners. And every time I see that I have regular listeners, I'm like, who are these people? Why are they interested in what I'm doing here? I'd like to know. I'd like them to email me. <laughs> I'd like them to reach out, talk to me. Um, because um, I don't I don't understand what's in it. You know, I, I started this podcast because I wanted to have kind of like a kind of like a diary and log of my life, but I also wanted it to be anonymous so I could do and say what I want uh, without fear of reprimand at my work um, or from the public. Uh, So that's pretty much what this podcast is about, is just to share with you my boring life, my shitty life that led me to podcasting. So uh, if you ever get the chance, you know, hit me up on uh, Facebook, uh, hit me up on uh, the Twitter, Twitter, and uh, Podvine and uh, my email, biscuitsbuttered at uh, proton.me. This is Victoria Vandenberg. Uh, I love every single one of you. If you were here right now, I would uh, probably slide a finger into one of your orifices and give you a good quick BJ. So uh, I'm uh, signing off. I hope you have a good week, and I hope you return to listen to the podcast again. Hello, this is John O'Hurley. Please join us on Thanksgiving Day at 11 a.m. to watch the National Dog Show. We have the best bitches in town. You can watch the judges awkwardly touching dogs of all sorts. We have toy, we have hunting, we have all the breeds. Uh, It's the chosen sport of business lesbians and morbidly obese, lonely homosexual men. Please watch, instead of talking about politics with your family or watching football uh just watch our show and uh don't kill yourself have a good night this is john o'hurley signing out